welcome to Sugar Word Going Down Podcasting, a Fallout Boy podcast where we go track by random ass track until we die. My name is Caitlin, and joining me until we die is Joe. Hello, I am Joe. I I had a weird I I was just describing before we started um weird moments where I think things should be there and they're not. Uh, and as you started reading the intro and my waveform was flat, I did have a moment of confusion as if it were supposed to be me that were saying it, that I was hearing say it. So that's the, that's where we're at today is I'm just like not thinking. Also, like Joe and I have become so codependent now that they're like, when Caitlin is speaking, I too should be speaking. We are one and the same. We are person now i can't go a day without speaking to you at this point that's true but you it's know, fine though between us being pals and us having creative shit in the works together though like it just kind of be like that it do be like that and i'm not complaining it's great yeah no like i dig i dig screaming dracula was there at you while we both played yeah. two different modes of smash it, absolutely great times had by all it was it was a, what a night that was what a magical <laughs> night magical night uh this is not a podcast about dracula or smash brothers um rip. this is a yeah rip this is a podcast about fallout boy um and as you already know because you can read the titles of episodes that you download uh this is about the song champion which was their second single off of mania we seem to be working our way backwards through the singles of 2017 which is uh now technically two years ago goddamn um <laughs> but Happy uh new year woo yay we did it uh this is the second episode <laughs> that we will be releasing and the second 2019 episode we've recorded before the year has started um so that's great Whew, where it. do you we did it where do you want to start with champion because there's a lot <gasps> Not a lot lyrically, even. Yeah, no, I feel like maybe we start lyrically, just because I feel like both of us have a lot more to say about the videos. Mm-hmm. But you heard me right, I... friends. Videos. Two. Yeah, plural. Plural Two videos. videos. Two videos. So we'll get to those. I don't, I have a lot to say. I don't even know if this is the fucking song for it. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But Champion is a song by the band Fall Out Boy. It is track, hold on. It is track seven on Mania. <laughs> and m- musically, I like it. Yeah, it's, fine. it's definitely, it's it's a, a questionable bop for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if it's that questionable. It's just like kind it's, of a it's basic like, bop. There's like not enough of it to become questionable. It's, it, I often say like the best Rush songs are the ones where they don't have enough time to say anything um, because everything that they say is awful. But I don't I don't think that negatively of Fall Out Boy. Um, but this is a, a, another example of that, I think, where there's not a whole lot there, so there really isn't a chance for it to be questionable. It just kind of is a song. Yeah, well, and I don't even really have any problems with, like, I have, like, one minor problem with some of the lyrics, but, like, I do not have very strong feelings on, like, the large majority of, like, the song itself. I would say about 50% of this song is the phrase, if I can live through this. Yep. Yeah. Um, for for better or for worse, it's it's mostly a chorus song. This is also a great example of sonically, at least, and and I think lyrically too. If you don't dig into it, uh, this is a great example of them making white girl workout music. Mm-hmm. 
and I, there's nothing wrong with that. The the malleability of this song, like the the non-specific nature of it, makes it extremely easy to project yourself onto, or as we will probably do later, project Pete Wentz onto, mm-hmm. or just in general. Like we don't talk a lot about how songs are are what you make them, and uh, maybe it's you know there's there's give and take to that with uh, authors and. I don't know. Maybe we'll dig into that later if it becomes relevant. Because I'm, I'm the the concept of death of the author is complicated. That was the I, I told you, Caitlin, that I was like, I'm gonna watch this 30 minute video essay before we start because Lindsay Ellis did put out a video on death of the author today and it was very good. So I recommend that. But this song's lack of what it says almost seems intentional in that way. Yeah. To to, to the less you say the more people fill in the gaps yeah absolutely i feel like the only part where they are trying to say anything is at the, like the beginning and you know what joe you know who mm. would be singing this song actually hmm. i need you to take a minute to just like mentally prepare yourself for the worst thing i'm about to say oh oh i've been ready for this yo fucking young xehanort is singing this damn song <laughs> I am calling you from the future to let you know we've made a mistake. That's actually old Xehanort might be saying that to young Xehanort. I'm calling you from the future. Tara. We, I got nothing I can't, but can't dreams. can't keep doing this. I got nothing but dreams inside. I got nothing but dreams. Fuck. Yeah, this is, this is Dream Drop Distance. This song's uh-huh. about Dream this Drop Distance. This is Dream distance. Drop Distance, the song. Fuck, I can't believe Pete Wentz is such a big Kingdom Hearts fan. Yo, honestly, someone make us a Kingdom Hearts AMV with this, please! <laughs> please make us a Dream Drop AMV with this fucking song! I didn't think this episode was gonna derail so quickly, but it has. I told you to prepare! <laughs> I, I thought I was, and I was wrong. I warned you! Verse 1, I am calling you from the future to let you know we've made a mistake. The mistake is centuries, I presume. Hopefully, because it fucking sucks. <laughs> uh, it, it, I don't know what, um, who, who knows, actually. It's like to dig into that concept uh, of like, oh, we've made a mistake. Maybe actually, it's more broad. You know, I don't know if this is true, is it? I'm going to click on the genius annotation and see if my theory that I just thought of is true. Lay it on me. Oh, this is terrible. This annotation is terrible. Um, At this particular moment, it says... I, I actually clicked the one underneath that, and that oh. one is somehow even worse. Um, but in literature, I love starting <laughs> things with in literature. No, but honestly, like it doesn't say this in the annotation. But there's the, you know what the what song is it with the I'm looking forward to the future, but my eyesight is going bad. Oh, I know that lyric, but I'm gonna have yeah, to look it up. Yeah, it kind of. I don't know if it's trying to elicit that, but it the imagery and the words like makes it seem like an actual decent callback. Which, if it's unintentional, it's so funny that the only time Pete Wentz does a good callback to a song is when he's not trying to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the song that we could not think of is Thanks for the Memories. Oh, no! <laughs> oh, no, we're the worst! <laughs> we're the worst follow-up by podcasters! <laughs> we're not great. Yeah, that would be good if uh, that was the case. I don't know that it is, but... Yeah, well... Yeah, I didn't know where I was going with that. I was just like, oh, hey, I had a thought. I was hoping the genius annotation... God damn it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought the genius annotation might be more helpful than this small essay someone has written. (laughs) (laughs) 
about literature and the protagonist. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of just, um, a lot of people reading into this song, if you were to go through all the annotations, are reading into it as, I think, how everyone and it was, I think, maybe marketed to be read as the theme of mania, these different waves of emotions that you might call manic or mania, I'm um, relating it back to Pete Wentz historically talking about his struggle with bipolar disorder. And I think there's like bits and pieces of that in this song, potentially. Obviously, that's we, we make jokes here about uh, assuming <laughs> Pete Wentz's personal life based on lyricism. And that's not one I feel super comfortable joking about uh, and or assuming anything. Um, but then there's the rest of the context of the song. And the way that it was marketed uh, with maybe what champion means. And that's complicated too. Like uh, mixing those two things together already is maybe complicated. Um, because I don't, I don't know if he's doing this. But it, and regardless of whether he intends to, I do think it kind of happens. And maybe this is where I talk about Death of the Author. But conflating that champion imagery, that success with uh, struggling and hardship does romanticize it in a way that I don't like. Because a lot of the, like, the single art for this has, you know, like, a bunch of famous icons from sports, and for some reason, Barb from Stranger Things is there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Didn't Barb specifically not live through this? She specifically did not live through this, so she can't do shit. Sorry, Sorry. for Stranger Things, but, like... <laughs> I specifically remember Barb not living through her experience. Yeah, it's weird choices. And I think, um, like, the lyric, uh, what is it? Uh, champion of people who don't believe in champions. Like, um, I don't know, people rising out of defeatism or whatever have you. Uh, and then, like, tying that with potentially mental illness struggles um, and success and whatever. I don't know. It's a lot of uh, conflicting ideals that I'm yeah I don't know about it feels like the beginning of the song was like oh there was like a real idea for a song there and then it just stops after that first pre-chorus or I guess the second pre-chorus I think um yeah because I think one and two there are like ideas and then after that it's just repeated I can live through this yeah for literally for the rest of the song just champion champion do 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 and that's the end like that's exactly what what uh Patrick sounds like actually yeah, no, I'm getting really good at my Patrick impression. Uh-huh. Because I, I do think, yeah, I think verse one and verse two, there is things being said. Is this the... here? Yeah, this is the annotation I was thinking of. Uh, verse two, the first two lines are, I got rage every day on the inside. The only thing I do is sit around and kill time. I think um, not, maybe not getting into the, the... It's not necessarily a lyrical flex by any means, but painting an image of, like, maybe being stuck in a rut and being angry about it or angry in general. Uh, and like every day saying that it never goes anywhere. Uh, the next lyric being, I'm trying to blow out the pilot light being, I think the closest thing to a metaphor in this song, I would say, uh, talking about like trying to get rid of the, the source of, of the problem, maybe connecting, uh, the imagery of fire with rage, which is fine. I love anime. Um, but (laughs) I do, (laughs) I do get like, uh, pilot lights are like, what are like, key to starting like engines or whatever right like oh yeah i guess i associate it with furnaces i associate pilot lights with the films of thura i don't know if you've seen it 
I have not seen the film Zathura. Zathura. Let me look. All right, this is another fucking detour. Let me look up the film Zathura. Uh, like, I know right. what it is, but I have not seen it. The 2005 film Zathura, a space adventure. It's kind of <laughs> like Jumanji Button Space. And, like, looking back at this fucking... <laughs> 13 years later is like a lot because like Josh Hutcherson as a kid, the oh Dax, God, the Dax Shepard is there for some reason. Kid. Jesus. Yeah. Well, I, a, a lot of people associate him with, um, hunger games. That's the one. Uh, he's also in that Hulu show that, uh, nobody cares about. Um, Dax Shepard is there for some reason. Kirsten Stewart is the sister. Oh man. It's a great film. There's a whole sequence in that movie where they have to go blow out the pilot in the furnace. So that's immediately where my brain goes. Um, oops, that's a very wide picture of Pete Wentz I have pulled up. Um, <laughs> I'm going to send this to you just so you have the context that I have. So I was reading this article, but that picture stretches out for some reason. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, that's... Uh... That's that's a weird, a weird photo. It, I don't know why it does that. I don't like white Pete. Um, what the fuck? Oh yeah, so this annotation on this. Also, lyric. wow, his hair real spiky in this picture. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know when this was, but uh, is he not married to Ashley Simpson anymore? Oh no, God no. I don't know. I stopped paying attention to Pete Wentz's fucking personal life outside of critiquing it in this podcast. Sure. Yeah. No, uh they they have not been together since 2011. Jesus. Who's this lady? I don't know. I'm assuming um, his current girlfriend that he's been with forever. I read this interview, I don't remember her name. Um I think it's <laughs> Megan something. I also googled Pete Wentz earlier because there's a lyric in the song that I'll get to in a second. I wanted to know how old Pete Wentz is. He's 39. Jeez. But the pre-chorus I'm just young enough to still believe, but young enough not to know what to believe in. Peter? Peter, I do think you are old enough to know what to believe in. Uh, Peter Lewis Kingston Wentz III? I do think... <laughs> I do think you are old enough to know what to believe in. That's just yeah. my interpretation. Yeah, there's like a weird thing that stems between, I feel like, this genre of music, especially... Um, yeah, and then, like, video game journalism also, where, like, folks who are in their fucking 40s are still being, like, treated with, like, some degree of, like, being a youth, and it's like, nah, dog, just because you write about video games or play pop punk, like, you're still mm -hmm. fucking 40, my guy, like. Yeah, it's been, it's been a minute that you've been doing this, and I, I think, I don't know, because I guess it depends on, like, I wasn't even thinking about treating the, the, the creators of this content that way so much as their outward perception that they are they are like pete is writing about his uh youth question mark whether it be a thing that he just feels young or is chasing it or it's a form of escapism i don't know oh my god i also i'm gonna derail again one second uh i forgot the name of pete wentz and ashley simpson's child and it's ruining me right now is it is that one bronx Bronx Mowgli. Yeah, Bronx Mowgli. I was thinking it was it either had to be Bronx Mowgli or Saint Laszlo. They're both terrible names. This man should not have been allowed to name his own children. Marvel Jane is a very normal name. Yeah, but not so, Saint Laszlo. 
No, it's not bad. It's not good. I don't know. I guess it. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Joe, would you want to go through your life being named fucking Saint Laszlo Wentz? I don't know. Are you gonna be? Are you always referred to as your first and middle name? I feel like you absolutely are. As soon as anybody finds out what your whole name is, I guess if your name is Saint Laszlo, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, I don't know. I guess, and I, I guess I didn't think about connecting that to video game writing. I think it makes sense that that comes up between us. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, pe- people continuing to age, but continuing to indulge and write about uh, mat- media and material that is marketed towards, made for, uh, regardless of that, has a key demographic of younger people. I think that is a a place of conflict. For sure, regardless of how it manifests. Um, but yeah, the ad- attaching that lyric into the song, like it feels almost like a non sequitur, like struggling with all this stuff and then feeling like you're like still young enough to like, like oh, I'm still so young to have these questions. And like, sure, I guess people are always lowing, uh, learning and growing, feeling young enough to still believe in something at the age of. 39 like that's good it's good to believe in things maybe depends but, on what you believe sure well he's he's young enough not to know what to believe in apparently it, i don't know it just it it feels questionable to be in this song <laughs> yeah i just like i feel like, like I, I don't even i understand the sentiment but i don't like it coming from him this also this <laughs> is another question i had reading um reading these lyrics and like digging into it um is at what point is like Pete's music has always been a little bit autobiographical. Um, I feel like I didn't say that word correctly. I think autobiographical. Sure. Yeah. Sure. We one did of it. us. We did it. Teamwork. Together, um, we are one human being. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel. <laughs> I feel like Pete always writes lyrics that are in some way based on his own life. Uh, and. At what point, like, when you're making music for, I don't know, nearly 20 years, or at least with one band for nearly 20 years, over 20 years total, at what point are you mixed, like, at what point are you writing songs for other people to project themselves onto? At what point are you writing songs for other people, um, and do you still project yourself into that, and then it becomes this um, harder-to-read amalgam of sentiment? Like, maybe it's, like... Writing the lyric, I'm just young enough to still believe, but young enough not to know what to believe in. That's going to resonate with Fall Out Boy fans. They're all eternally 18, um, mm-hmm. including us. Yeah. The members of Fall Out Boy probably shouldn't hold that sentiment. Or if they, and if they do, I'm questioned why, or, or I don't, maybe I just shouldn't read into it at all. But I don't know. And I guess it just becomes that, that messier thing of like, are we just reading the text? Are we reading. Uh, Pete putting himself into the text and the answer is always the latter because he is always putting himself into the text yeah I was taught uh I referenced that Lindsay Ellis video essay earlier about death of the author um and she does it through a very poignant lens of uh J.K. Rowling's ability to push her brand onto her work endlessly engaging with fans and letting them create their own ideas with her work but also feeling like her word is canon and often taking their words and making them <laughs> canon, uh, but then iffy implications come as a, as a result. I mean, I won't you know dig into that here, 
but I think I think that same sort of situation happens when you just like you you can't separate art from artist. Uh, like they, and I think even like I can't think of an example where like an artist would not put some of their self into an art. Like I was like maybe a concept record that's entirely about this other thing, but it's like no, that artist still made well, yeah, it. it would still be your well it's also like you're still approaching that concept through like your lens yeah like like every like um and i'm, I'm just gonna directly no, not directly quoting it because i didn't write down the transcript of the video but she goes a really great example of the flaws of death of the author because death of the author um as proposed by uh the people i, I th- she said bart i think it's short for something um and foucault who i'm more familiar with uh, or two of the... My boy Foucault. My boy Foucault. <laughs> my boy Michelle. And uh, <laughs> I think I think it's I think it's pronounced a little differently than that. Not Michelle, but... It's some French shit. Yeah. Um, and that concept of Death of the Author assumes that any creator is going to have the same opportunities and have uh, unbiased perspectives of what they're creating... Um, and the same opportunities, which they never will. That's never going to happen. Uh, we're not in a perfect world. Um, there's a very f- a quote that uh, in this context isn't funny, but to me outside of it, just if we were in a perfect world, Foucault would be right. Like that just is a funny sentiment to me. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, especially because so much of Foucault's shit is like, yo, our world is so far from fucking perfect. Here's mm-hmm. how. Yeah. Uh, pro-structuralism. Um, the panopticon <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the Foucault cast um we should do that for a <laughs> bonus episode uh dig, dig out all my queer theory notes for sure but uh like, so that idea of death of the author assumes that everyone who creates does it without biases and equal opportunities which isn't going to happen and the text will be read um, void of any bias or different interpretations and only on that and it's not going to happen so like you 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 can't separate it even if like and i know people do that people try people are like oh i'm going to continue to enjoy these things because of what they mean to me even if you know i know otherwise or i know complicated things about the creators and i get it but for the sake of us digging into to this it's like no nah, pete's here pete is in the room well, yeah, and I mean, like, honestly, like, that's that's my approach to everything is like you like you've just been talking about it. But like, you you can't you cannot separate anyone from what they create, because like every mm-hmm. single thing you do in the world is influenced by how you see the world. Yeah. And like, that's just that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no such thing as fucking objectivity. And so, like, yeah, it's, it's a myth. Uh, like, if Pete <laughs> wrote these lyrics, he's fucking in them. Mm hmm especially even if it's not even if it's not his lived experience it's his like viewpoint infiltrating mm-hmm. these words yeah it, it comes from his perspective and his alone because he wrote it down and yeah yeah she talks um in that video she talks a lot about um how holy that- shit i'm sorry go on continue <laughs> fucking sia wrote on this song too yeah, Sia, Sia is also here. It sounds like, I, I, I'm assuming more it sonically. It sounds like a Sia song. It, as soon as I read that, I was like, oh yeah, totally Sia was here. I mean, like, I, I'm still coming to grips with the fact that Sia, like, low-key wrote every song, but... Yeah, yeah, Sia's <laughs> the reason Taylor Swift has a career. Yeah, Sia's just fucking out here in the, in the shadows writing. Yeah, oh wait, no, maybe I'm confusing Taylor Swift. 
I think Sia also worked on some Carly Rae Jepsen. I think she worked on Emotion. Anyways, uh, yeah, Sia, Sia is very prolific and great. However, what the fuck was I going to say before you had your revelation? Do you know? <laughs> uh, we were talking about <laughs> Pete Wentz and how that's, he fucking in here. That's usually and... what we talk about on this show. That's true. No, we were talking about like how um, I had said that you can't separate Pete Wentz from this because mm. like, he wrote the lyrics. Which it does make it interesting with how many people wrote on this, actually. Um, yeah, I, I... Which I think could probably, like, or at least possibly contribute to why, like, it kind of fractures at the end. Yeah, Or in, like, the second half. There's definitely a change in songwriting that they have come to in their... I think I would just say second half of their career, rather than pre- or post-hiatus, because I think America's Sweethearts had the same problem. Where, like, the idea just isn't fleshed out as much as maybe we would expect for whatever reason it just like oh yeah the the part where it's a a pop song uh kind of gets in the way of any sort of thesis which i mean it i don't know maybe <laughs> maybe we're doing fallout boy a disservice to 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 read so closely into their lyrics but um lyricism is what they've been touted for for uh you know nearly two decades so i don't also- like, yeah. I talked about this on the most recent episode of Palin Around, but, like, if you make a thing in an attempt to elicit a response from folks, like, you have every right to be critiqued and, like, oh, yeah. close-read. Absolutely. Like, because, like, you put it out there and you, like, unless you were just, like, I literally just, like, did this random thing with no intention of, like, getting any reaction Which from anyone. Like, also probably doesn't happen, yeah, I don't think you. I don't think you can do that, but if you somehow magically did, like, then sure, you would, like, we probably couldn't close-read that but like you know if you fucking even if it's the most garbage song in the world if you put it out there like your girl can fucking read it you know mm-hmm. absolutely i am i'm critical of bad faith criticism but i mean I, yeah for sure i i don't i don't other than maybe on centuries i don't think we've ever been critical of, of fallout boy and bad faith i think honestly more people support fallout boy and bad faith than we criticize them. <laughs> that's potentially uh that's potentially true i think i mean there's not really a whole lot to say about the chorus or the second half of the song where he's just i if i can live through this i can live i can do anything it's i was gonna say it's a good sentiment and then i stopped myself uh whereas more it's a sentiment that i understand yeah i think especially because tied in with that article that you were mentioning there's a part where he talks about like he says having kill kids is the ultimate happy pill, and it's like okay. That's um, a re- that's a conversation. Uh, that that article hits a lot of different notes. It's it's one. It's it's on um it's on MTV's news. Uh, so there's that. Um, well, and aren't they also pulling? They're pulling it like they didn't even do the interview. They're pulling it from a Howard Stern interview that he. Did. Oh, and they're like, okay, yeah. So it's through a, a several different layers. Yeah. Um, which is which is, and this is from 2015 is when this was posted. I'm assuming the uh, initial interview was probably, you know, also 2015. But yeah, because he talks a lot about um, after that he talks a lot about uh, going through therapy, getting better, like um coming out of the lows of uh like simultaneously the hiatus stress and divorce stress and being a parent stress and it's it's unhealthy to like with no nuance say uh oh yeah having kids that's the ultimate happy pill well and then especially because he goes on to say 
like, there's a passage here that says, Pete agreed with Stern that sometimes great artistry can come from those intense highs and lows, and that may be why so many fans have been able to relate to his often dark lyrics on albums like the band's just released American Beauty, American Psycho. And it's mm-hmm. like, that's a really fucking loaded statement in a world where, like, folks are trying to get people off of their meds and shit because it, like, you know, quote-unquote makes you less creative or whatever. Like, mm. there's a lot it's, there. it's There's a lot to unpack. We are recording this right on the heels of uh, the Bandersnatch thing. Yep. So there's, there's a lot of discourse about um, uh, that. Uh, and just to, to, to finish my, my thought on uh, him talking about having kids, like, it's w- without nuance, I think it's complicated to say. I do think it, it is understandable. There's also a sentiment of suddenly having to be um together for the sake of someone else is like i i get it it's complicated because it can create unhealthy relationships and that's that's the thing it's just like it's it's loaded it's it's hard to like oh there's so much nuance to this to say like oh that by itself is is complicated um but yeah also also complicated is the the highs and lows that go into creating in general um and like we were just talking about like the potentially accidental but still happening uh romanticis- rom- b- 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 romanticizing <laughs> uh of lows for the sake of being stronger on the other side of it is is very complicated at different levels depending on how you read into it is it about uh, mental illness is it about just um like there are people who are going to listen to the song and they just think about it as like any sort of hard work they have to do, whether I reduce it down to the to the workout jam playlist track or not, whether I record it to oh someone listens to this before they take their exam or whatever, um, or if it's Pete writing about struggling with mental illness and being like if I can just get through this bad day, then like then it'll then it'll be tomorrow. Um, there's a line in that interview that, that actually talks about something similar where he's like, oh, well, just get to tomorrow. Tomorrow might be the best day. You never know. And um, I don't know. It's just it's complicated. <laughs> it's very complicated. And fucking, I feel like every time we have these conversations, P. Wentz makes everything so fucking complicated by like dealing with these very complicated issues with like extremely simple answers constantly. And it's like, my dude. Mm. Yeah. And I guess it's, like, also just what we're getting of it. And, like, the way his brand is, like, the way he presents himself is always so, I don't know. Like, he's 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 always, like, like nonchalantly being like, oh, yeah, this is kind of about this. Or, oh, yeah, this line is a reference to the prestige. Or <laughs> just, um, h- however, <laughs> I don't want to derail this again. Uh, I shouldn't, I, I should have picked another example. Um, but just, like or or making jokes in in the same interview as talking about heavy stuff or whatever. Um and that's just that's who he is and like talking about and talking about serious things, topics and struggles and um also existing publicly like like he does and has and uh he existed publicly through all those low times. Um, and was like, you know, like go to a store and you see tabloids about divorce all the time. Like, like that's gotta suck to be on the other side of, regardless of 
uh, where you're at in life, or maybe you're so far up above it, it doesn't matter uh, in some cases. Um, but like, I don't know. Yeah. Like it, it's complicated to read into that and to read into the lower parts and the darker, maybe, um, less complicated and more just, uh, questionable sentiments that we've, we've, uh, talked about in, in songs. Um, but then like this ever present brand that he has and the hyperactive, fun-loving brand of the band that he is in that the band also has these um lower lyrical notes yes it's uh, to whatever you said a minute ago that i'm responding to <laughs> yes <laughs> we don't even know what we were originally talking well, about when we fucking no, got there <laughs> no. <laughs> well you, you were talking about how it becomes complicated because of how oh, yeah, he, he how responds to things yeah. yeah, but like there's there's a million layers of of reasoning on on why uh on why that he's is. Fucking weird, yeah. <laughs> yeah, also he's probably just a weird dude. His name's kid Bronx Mowgli. I mean, I feel like at this point in our lives, Joe, we can all agree that Pete Wentz is a fucking weird dude. Like Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> like not even in a negative or a positive way, just he's just a fucking general. weird dude. Like yeah, That's fine. I think um I think a lot of the things we love about Fallout Boy are related to that. So honestly, probably. Um, yeah, I think I think it's definitely time to dig into the videos. Can we do the visual whatever one first, the visualized yeah. one? Because I care less about that one. Yeah, there's there's less to say about it. It was just kind of, hey, we released this song. Here's some footage of Pete went skateboarding in overalls. Also, Post Malone is here. Uh, and, uh, and the fucking llamas are back. Yeah, the llamas, the llamas are back, and they're also skateboarding. They they got shoes. Like, I damn, learned they llama, and they got shoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I and they can skate. I learned today their names. Um, let's see if I can remember them. One of them is Stay Frosty, and I think the other one is just Royal T. The the opener on this album is is of Mania is called Stay Frosty Royal Milk Tea. So. I get it. I, I saw get, that. I know. can't wait to listen to that song just for like whatever the weird fuck I can. shit that's gonna be. <laughs> I can wait. <laughs> I just I'm so morbidly excited to see whatever nightmare that's gonna be. Sure, but yeah. So so the visualizer is basically just that with like some VHS effects on top of it and the occasional lyric popping up. But then yeah, and it's later, a lot of just like look at Pete went skateboard. Yeah, he still got it. Yeah, it's it's just that. It's it just came with the release of the single, and then I don't know. A little bit later, the official video came for Champion, which is questionable. <laughs> I have a lot of Joe. Okay, so first of all, hello listeners. We're forty five minutes in. Sorry. Um, it's gonna be longer because Joe and I, I think, both have a lot of thoughts. I think Maybe? I think I've covered a lot of my ideas. Did you ideas. already do your thoughts? Okay. I, well, I, I think, still have a lot of thoughts about the yeah, and I, and I and I'm sure I will have a lot to say in response to your thoughts because like I know that like like this video there's a lot to unpack and I think I just said mm, I won't <laughs> 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 and walked away from it. But uh, I I am definitely here to to discuss it with you. Yeah. So okay. So I guess the setup for the video is like. It, it's these repeated scenes of different folks doing things 
Like, the first one is, um, like, MMA fighters fighting. And when it first started, I was like, oh, fuck, of course. Like, a song like Champion is going to start with yeah. boxers. This, this is the then... first time This is the first time I've seen the video as well. And I definitely yeah. thought, oh, this is exactly what I expected. It's just going to be, is this is just centuries again. Yeah, uh, which I will give them credit. They subverted my expectations pretty same. fucking handily. Yeah. But so it goes, so it's two MMA fighters, and then... The dude, like, reaches up to his face and, like, pulls off VR goggles. And then it's, like, this skinny, white, shitty hair business dude Mm -hmm. who's, like, yelling at his team in a boardroom. And then he goes in his office and opens, like, a big, like, mafia-style briefcase full of money and, like, takes them out and puts it in a safe behind his desk. And then from there, it goes to a pole dancer who is at some kind of, like, fancy party or a bachelorette thing. Yeah, the the skinny white idiot also takes off VR goggles. Like, each person at the end of their scene takes off off goggles. goggles. Yeah, and it, like, transfers over. Yeah, and so then it's the pole dancer, and she's, like, dancing and, you know, being very athletic, as they are. Um, It's it's, it's hard to do. Yeah, fucking folks who do that shit. They're strong as shit. Stronger than the U.S. Marines. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but they, uh, they, so it, it then goes from her to, like, this old white dude at a birthday party, I think, for himself. And he gets, like, a, like, a coffee mug that says, I love you, Grandpa, and, like, whatever. Oh, and two, after, it's weird, because his is the only one where it kind of shows evidence that, like, the VR might like have a physical effect. Because, like, he wipes lipstick off that's the exact same shade as the pole dancers was. Hmm, I didn't even notice that. I remember yeah, the, the last wearing... thing the last thing the pole dancer does is like kiss somebody's head or whatever. Yeah, she like kisses his head and like kind of brings him in like she, like the dude's about to motorboat her and then she like fucking pushes him away and then pulls the goggles off. Yeah, and then he wipes his lips. So I didn't even notice the the, yeah, li- the lipstick. Yeah, so it, there's like a there's like a zoom in on his lips and he's like wearing the same shade of lipstick that she was. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't know if that I don't know what it's trying to say. There's a lot of things there that could be happening. Sure. And I don't want to get into them. Um, <laughs> and then it goes from him to, like... Is it then that it jumps to people? No, it jumps from him to this little white boy who's getting picked on in the street, and then he goes into his garage and is, of course, a bassist. Oh, yeah. Hint, 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 hint. Um, <laughs> Subtlety and- out the window. <laughs> and there they're, like, playing, they're, like, playing in this in this garage band. And then it goes from that kid to fucking Pete Wentz um, getting ready to go out to a show. And then it goes from Pete Wentz to Jaden Smith in a uh-huh. warehouse. And he, like, takes the goggles off and, like, puts them disgustedly on this, like, card table in the middle of this warehouse. And then he just, like, smashes the shit out of them. And then just, like, looks really freaked out and walks away. And that's the end of the video. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Again, like they they super subverted what I was expecting, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. But like, let me pull up my notes. I was watching this video on the bus and it was kind of weird. Um, sure. Uh, it was a very they... packed bus and there were a lot of people looking <laughs> over my shoulder and I was like, leave me alone. I'm doing research. <laughs> <laughs> I the... have a show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when this video uh, was uh, released... Uh, and they tweeted it, there is a note from Pete that I will now read to you, which will probably further complicate our reading of it. Um, oh it, are, it already complicated mine, but um, for your oh full good. context. Uh, it says, I can't think of a worse drug than fake reality. We create and can be whoever we want, yet our choices often leave us 
lonely and unfulfilled smash the fake reality don't just sit around and kill time so that last oh line gosh, is, is from the song oh, <laughs> it's such a- it's, it's 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 such an armchair theorist read on a lot of things and i it's obviously they're not the first to 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 use vr or ar or any sort of yeah like technology honestly, cool, Pete, i too have seen that episode of black mirror yeah like... it's every episode of black mirror <laughs> Like, fuck off. Um, that what actually a- does kind of enhance my reading. So, cause, so the thing that I found incredibly interesting about this video is, like, each scenario, with the exception of the pole dancer, and even her to a little bit of a degree when you consider, like, the hierarchy of sex work, like, and especially because she's white, too, and clearly at, like, a very fancy party of whatever kind it is. Each of these scenarios is very focused on, like, folks with a lot of, like, privilege or power. Mm -hmm. And um, up until it gets to... Because, I mean, like, even Pete Wentz and Jaden Smith, like, you know, are privileged folks, despite whatever, like, intersections they might have. Um, And it's... I don't know. It's a really interesting, weird thing to consider that, like, it goes from all these folks who are, like, more or less, like, like, physical power to, like, weird, like... I don't want to say weird in, like, a mean way, but just, like, a the scene is very kind of bizarre with, like, the pole dancer is, like, living her best life, but there's a scene at the beginning where it kind of seems like she's a little bit freaked out, but then she's fine because she's champion, I guess. I think it's just, like, this continued lapses into power, especially when you get into, like, the transition from the MMA fighters into the skinny, white, shitty business dude is, like, a very powerful transition, I think, because right before they pull, or, like, it once before they pull the goggles off you always get this kind of like first person fisheye lens of what's mm-hmm. happening and then yeah. it, it goes back and then it goes into them pulling the goggles off and so you get like the fisheye lens is the mma fighter dude like kneeing the other one in the stomach and then or something like that it's like some like about to be a takedown move and then you get this skinny white dude so it goes from like physically punching someone and like hurting someone in that way and being powerful in that way to being this guy who then is like clearly taking fuel from that and like yelling at his team in a mm-hmm. boardroom and then being shitty and like clearly stealing money from like whatever that briefcase is yeah and like it just can't i can't like those two are the most like kind of blatant ones because like then it goes into like you know the pole dancer and then like the old white dude who like yeah in theory that's like you know that's the most privileged place to be a uh-huh. lot of the time yeah there there is an underlying theme of of like I, I think that power relationship that is represented is used to represent this idea of everyone's like trying to escape to something to uh, air quotes better their own life or whatever and this idea of like tying that with what pete said of like using fake reality as a drug play or whatever i do think it's interesting the representation of himself in that video doing it with younger kids in a garage like especially with how much we talk about how like pete you're not a kid anymore but like he seems to write like he is very nostalgic of those those times and maybe it is intentionally self-critical of himself like i you know this escapism doesn't do anything but i don't know it's 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 complicated to do it with these metaphors well it also feels it feels like another version of like 
there's a read here that's more interesting than like what he is implying or even like blatantly saying yeah right because definitely. like so because so, like the read that i got from it more was the idea of like because like if you frame it around what pete wentz is saying when Jaden Smith takes the last set of goggles off and smashes them because he's like horrified, it'd be like, okay, well he's seeing this continuous use of this thing as some sort of like escapism or drug or yeah. whatever. And that freaks him out and he doesn't like it. So he breaks it so that he can't like, so no one can use it. Mm-hmm. But like, there's a way more interesting thing of like, if this is what people's fantasies are, it's kind of fucked up. And like, what kind of like, like what kind of escapism are people doing? I think is a lot more interesting mm-hmm. than the basic concept of oh, escapism is bad, kind of. Yeah, the way it's painted seems to associate these escapisms with some sort of dishonesty. I think, based off my recollection of watching this several hours ago, uh, and you're retelling it to me, <laughs> and it's weird because because it, like it's it's. It's so it's it's an entirely personal experience that these people are having. Um, and in the one scene where it's like the older guy who like goes from like it goes from the stripper scene to the old guy at his birthday party. Like there's a lot of weird like hidden nature the way it's presented. It's complicated, I think. The way yeah. it's Well it's, that's it's, kinda it's, why it's, I didn't it's it's messy, I think, at any reading, but yeah, that's kind of why I didn't want to go into the. I'm, I I said I didn't want to. I'm gonna do it right now though, because I'm a <laughs> <Good>. liar. Um, <laughs> it's mostly it's really more because you're what you just said kind of inspired me to, and like in a way that is very messy because with the lipstick scene on the old dude, if there is an implication of like question of gender or like fantasies of femininity, mm-hmm. I think it goes back into my read then though of like okay. Not that there's anything wrong with stripping or pole dancing or whatever, but considering that we have very fraught cultural ideas about, like, what womanhood entails, especially in regards to, like, sexuality and embodying a a body, Mm -hmm. and it's coming from this, like, fucking old, at least middle class, he's wearing a sweater vest, so I assume middle class. (laughs) There's a big yard, his family loves him, that's middle class. Also the sweater vest. Yeah, um, that's the most important piece of evidence. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Can afford like, a VR helmet. Yeah, but so like, there's a really weird question to be then of if it's getting into that, especially because like when he wipes the, list, the lipstick off, it's a very wistful like, oh fuck kind of moment. And if you combine that with like this fantasy, like again, what the fuck does that fantasy say about like if this person is thinking about gender and fantasizing about like embodying a gender that they aren't perceived to be like what kind of femininity are you looking at and it's not necessarily that there's anything wrong with that femininity but i think Mm -hmm. coming from fallout boy number one and coming from attached with this description of the video as like this is not good yeah it it definitely like well especially too because like there is a very real stigma around sex workers of all kinds too so like it's a very loaded scene yeah there's a lot to unpack from any, from even the most favorable reading. Yeah, it's it's a lot, and like I don't, I don't fucking know, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just too like it again too. It feels like it's harkening back to like what we talked about with America's Sweethearts, with the armchair philosopher, like basic mm-hmm, bitch, mm-hmm. like cold blanket take of 
this thing is bad. And it's like, and this time it's not even like with America's Sweethearts where we were like reading into the text. Like he fucking tweeted it. Like he mm-hmm. tweeted this old man fucking yelling at Cloud take. It's canon in reality <laughs> in the world. And like, I just, it's like Pete. You're not, you're just saying really basic, stupid shit and acting like it's like revelatory and it's not. Yeah. It's and I feel like that feeds directly into the fucking video. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, the video does a lot of weird things with any of the good faith I had for the actual text of the song, which I think we've talked at length about how they're often not connected, but I think later into like, like this one, I don't know. It feels like it is. It's hard to say. Yeah, I just... Uh, especially because, again, I feel like it's just... It's opportunity after opportunity to do interesting criticism and do something with your supposed ideas. And you just... Mm-hmm. They just drop the ball again and again and again. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Because I feel like, again, with, like, the ideas of fantasy and power and privilege, like, there's so... Especially, too, because, like, when I was watching the video and thinking about it, I was like, it's so interesting, given the lyrics of the song of, like, if I can live through this, I can live through anything. And that implies struggle. Mm -hmm. And instead of, like, having it be where, like, folks who actually have to deal with struggles are being depicted in any way either through the vr scenarios or like as the people who are watching them Mm -hmm. like it's just not it's never folks who are like ever real life folks who really struggle with again the exception of the fucking pole dancer but again she definitely seems to be on the more privileged end of that spectrum as well Mm -hmm. and it's like not i don't expect pete wentz to do that because he's a fucking he's pete wentz and i get that and like we've already had this conversation like today about like his own like it's 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 gonna be coming from their biases, um, of of whoever directed the video even, um, yeah, on top of just, like uh, how who knows how much the band was involved with it. But, I mean, just given from like Pete's appearance in it and like that tweet, I would imagine he had to have something to do with it. Yeah, probably a a good deal. Yeah. So like, I just uh, it's so frustrating to me because. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of all the things I just yelled at you, Joe. But yeah, yeah, and and at you, the yep. audience. I'm uh-huh. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's why you're here, though, presumably. Yeah, it's 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 weird. Um, it's 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 weird to dig into like uh like that potential reading being undercut by him blatantly, ascri- like describing. Like writing his own uh, note afterwards of like, oh, this is this is what we're getting out. Being like, oh, well, in that case, fuck, fuck this, <laughs> actually. Yeah, but I feel like I feel like that's important though too, because like there is like a growing, and I don't even know that it's growing, but I guess I'm just seeing it more. I don't know. I don't. Maybe it's the internet being more interconnected. I don't know. But there's always this fucking discourse of like oh, well, it's just a game, or it's just a song, or it's just a TV show. It's like, but no, like, it's important to dissect, like, pieces of culture because they reflect what our culture, like, thinks and believes and does. And so, like, especially, Mm -hmm. like, Fall Out Boy is so fucking popular right now. Like, you need to dig in, like, to what they're actually saying because otherwise it just gets incepted into the culture without, like, a thought or a reflection of any kind, just, like, uncritically, and that fucking sucks. 
Yeah, yeah. Fallout Boy uh, is is such this, uh, and I, I think I've said this before on this show. Like they're they're immensely famous and influential, and because of that, like it it merits like really digging into like uh, what they're saying and like what people are hearing as a side effect. Um, regardless of 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 what they're putting out, like it 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 I think it, it's it's worth being critical of, uh, and it's complicated for us too because like we do often or i don't know based on the show so far i would say often but we do like fallout boy (laughs) yeah i like fallout boy i I like i like fallout boy a great deal i think the more we do this show i'm coming to the realization that i like a lot of the old stuff still Mm mm-hmm but more as I'm coming to terms with like being an adult and being critical and also like mm-hmm. what they are doing more recently. I think I liked what I thought Fallout Boy was. Sure. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, it, it, that is what it is. It's like a part of my life and existence and it's still important to me, but. Tattooed on your body. Ta- literally on my body mm-hmm. forever. But, you know, you gotta. You got to be critical of everything, especially your foundational texts, because they're yes. probably worse than you originally thought. That is often true. Yeah, I think, or at least different. Yes, yeah, I th- I think digging into those things is 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 worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, woof. I got. I don't know if y'all noticed, but like, I was big mad about this, but I've been big mad about a lot of other things that that intersect with this, mm-hmm. and. So here we are. Sorry I yelled at you all. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't really yell at you didn't really yell at the listener so much as you yelled in like adjacent. I yelled in their direction. <laughs> yeah. You yelled in general, but they're listening to you. <laughs> as audio programs work. But yeah. at, at the, it's episode nine, right? So like at this point, y'all I've, should uh, What's number? I don't know what numbers are. Well, because I think I think we're on nine. That's I think if, so too. If I can math correctly, which is always questionable, but yeah, you know, you you should in theory kind of know what you signed up for by this point. Yeah, yeah, I think I think be, being critical of one of the most popular bands that continues to do things is is a a good task that we have set out to do. Um, and and doing it with the foundation of liking fallout boy is is good because we're not just coming in here to be mean <laughs> about popular music uh yeah but uh yeah um there's a remix of this song i don't care about it um so i'm not gonna talk about it. uh but it exists and i've said it so now you know i also <laughs> uh <laughs> don't have a pairing uh there will be one i will come up with a pairing before this episode oh, is man, out I've- I forgot about that. I completely forgot about that. I was so overwhelmed by my yeah, feelings. Kind, kind of same. I kind of was like digging into r- trying to figure out all the thoughts I had like up until we recorded uh, this of all songs. Like I was worried this song there would be nothing to say about when we rolled it. Um, and here we are an hour in. Um, so yeah, I there will be something on the playlist as always that's linked in the show notes. Um, so there's there's that. Um, and uh, our next episode comes out on Caitlin's birthday. It does! So that's exciting. Her gift is listening to our fucking show. <laughs> Their <laughs> gift on your birthday. Yes. 
every episode of the show is a gift. <laughs> Fuck it is. You're right. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, is this this is also the first episode? Um, since we're we're swinging into the plugs now at this point, uh, this is the first episode we've recorded since I have launched the Orange Groves. So I now uh get to tell you all that this show is hosted on the Orange Groves. It is a podcast network that I have started with the goal of lifting up marginalized voices and smaller creators. And if you are interested in supporting the network, learning more about it, you can go to theorangegroves.com and see uh, what shows are there. Uh, at the time of... Actually, by the time this episode's out, there should be more than just shows that I have made. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so go check that out. Yeah, I would appreciate that. Um, Caitlin, yes, where can Joe. people... Where, 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 where can people find you on the internet? Whoa, 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 where? Um, you can find, I don't know why I always say Amaz if I don't know. Um, <laughs> you, can, you can find me on the internet at CG and 8Rs on the Twitters. And you find my, I'm trying to be better about promoting my shit. So you can find my gaming blog that is good and cool. It's at, true. Uh, yourgeekygalpal.com. Joe wrote a thing there. It was good. I did. Um, yeah, you can that was read a it. that was a fun letter series. We talked about Marvel's uh, Spider Man. So if you like the level to which we dig into Fallout Boy, you can hear us or read us doing that with uh, a video game about Spider Man. Yeah, and there's also lots of other letters, and there's gonna be yeah. more this week. And you should follow my fucking site and read my fucking articles. Mm -hmm. Also, you... we do a podcast. It's yep. good. Palling around is a good show. Uh, Thank Caitlin, you. Caitlin, you killed it with end of the year content good job i'm proud of you thank you it's still going i'm going to die here yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway happy new year <laughs> uh you can also find me on twitter at ghost of joe ghost of jo oh i can also now plug two other shows that came with the orange groves uh so i'll do that real quick 294 note streak if you like me talking about music what if i did more of it uh, there's a show called 294 Note Streak where me and my good friend Riley Hopkins uh, try and figure out which is the best song to ever be in a Guitar Hero game. We use uh, a shit ton of brackets to do it, uh, so a bunch of matchups. Um, it'll probably take a very long time to do it, but it comes out every other Thursday. You can follow along with the brackets on the Orange Groves website, so you can go to theorangegroves.com slash 294NS to look at the brackets. Uh, the website also has streaming, so you can listen to it there or find it in your podcast app of choice. Also, on the network is a show called They Them Theirs, a monthly non-binary discussion podcast with my good friend Rain. Check it out. It's um, it's very lighthearted. It's a lot of fun. It's just very conversational. Um, and we also, you know, dip into like serious topics of like how we've, you know, figured out our gender and discovered things about ourselves. It's great. Woo! I, woo! I think that's it. Oh, also, I got Smash, and I got Nintendo Switch Online, so if any of you cowards want to 1v1 me. <laughs> no gods, no kings, only Bayonetta. Only Bayonetta! <laughs> and sometimes Roy. Dang, I wish you didn't have plans tonight, because we could just play Smash. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I really thought about bailing on my plans, especially because it snowed today, and mm -hmm. I was like, meh, fuck, but then I was like, I should be a person today, maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm just once, smash. just once before the year is over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> got to Cinderella it out, you know, before midnight. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. So thank you everybody for listening, Caitlin. Yes, Joe. 
Is this more than you bargained for yet? I think it probably certainly was for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know <laughs> on Twitter. Don't do that. Hashtag FOBcast. Yep. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>